Welcome to the Kosafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Said. As we prepare to welcome back women's international football on the African continent, we speak to two legends of the game who've already created a legacy that is admired by many. South Africa coach Desiree Ellis has broken new boundaries with her side and she's seeking to win her fourth successive Kasafa Women's Championship title when that competition gets underway in Nelson Mandela Bay next week. And running concurrently with the senior tournaments will be the Kasafa Women's Under-17 Championship, where some of the best young talents in this age group will be on display. Talking about this competition and more, we're also joined by the legendary Fran Hilton-Smith, who is a globally respected figure in the women's game. We are delighted to be joined for a second time on the Kasafa Show by South Africa coach Desiree Ellis, who will be seeking a fourth Kasafa Women's Championship success in a row when the tournament is staged in Nelson Mandela Bay from November 3 to 14, a timely return for women's international game on the African continent. Ellis is a two-time winner of the CAF Women's Coach of the Year and also led South Africa to the FIFA Women's World Cup in France last year. Coach, thanks again for your time. You'll face uh, Eswatini, Comores uh, Islands, Angola uh, in the pool stages of the Kasaf Women's Championships. Your thoughts on, on all of those opponents? Look, we played the Comores last year, um, and I'm sure they would have improved. Um, Angola was also in the tournament last year, and uh, Eswatini was similarly in the same group with, uh, with Angola. But, uh, you know, you cannot take any team lightly nowadays, and you take a team lightly at your own peril. You know, we've got a young group um, of players and another opportunity to expose them to international competition. And we want to make sure, you know, that we plan and prepare properly. And then obviously it's then up to the players to execute the plan. But, uh, you know, we're not going to take any team lightly. Um, it's about giving experience to players, um, you know. And the first game of the tournament is always the most important. And we're working towards that game. With so many of your players now applying their trade in Europe, I guess it, it is going to be a little bit of a new look squads this year. What was your kind of thinking behind the, the team selection and putting it together? And, and who are the new names? Look, you know, um, we've always used the Kosafa Cup um, as, a, as, a, as a competition, you know, to give uh, new and maybe young players an opportunity um, to see, you know, if they can raise, rise to the occasion and if they can play at international competition and to give them a bit of experience you know, we always say if you want to conquer Africa, you first got to, you know, conquer your own region. So we've got, um, you know, a couple of the under 20s. Um, you know, we have five players of the of the U20 team. Um, Karabo Dlamini, who's been with us to the World Cup, as well as Sibuleli, who's also went to the 2019 um, uh, FIFA Women's World Cup in France. Uh, we've got Kaylin Jordan from the under 20s. Um, we've got uh, Oratili from the under 20s. You know, so we've called in. We've called in and uh, and Alona Temba also from the under 20s. We've called in. We've also recalled um, Gabrielle Salgado played in in 2018. Um, she's got a got a recall. And then there are a couple of other new caps. You um, Karabo Makurubechi. Um, uh, of Mamelodi Sundown, Chiluva Chabalala, who we saw at the National Cecil Championships. Uh, we saw her play for my Indies. Koketo Tlailani has been with us before, um, has come back from injury, so she got a recall. 
uh, Nomvula has been with the team um, after World Cup, um, but this will be a first Kosafa Cup. Nutlan Kham Tandi um, from Amalodi Sundowns um, got a cap, first cap against Lesotho um, in March. Um, then we've got uh, Pride Ntit of, um, of um, uh, TUT, Pretoria. Nelisua is also a new cap, but Nelisua has been with us um, when we played Sweden. Um, and then she came for Lesotho this year, Sweden in 20, 2018. And then this year when we played Lesotho and now it's a third cap. And, uh, you know, that comprises the squad along with the likes of Andiri Gamini, who will be the captain of the team. Um, uh, Kaylin Jordan, um, both have been to the World Cup. You have uh, Bongega Gameri, who's been to the World Cup. Um, you have uh, Ungiziwe, that was part of the World Cup squad. Uh, you've got the Evergreen Mamelo, who's the vice captain of the team. Um, you've got Robin Moodley, um, who's also been ever present in the World Cup, uh, not in, uh, in Banyana. Um, you know, you've got those players. And then you've got Hilda Mahayo, who played last year, was a revelation in the, in the National League. Um, and then, uh, you know, that's, that comprises the squad. So we have a very young group, um, you know, with a little bit of mix uh, of experience um, of players that's been to the World Cup and others who has been part of Banyana. So uh, it's a nice young group. Um, and, and for them to raise their hands now once again with uh, us having, you know, of the, of the uh, players that, that went to the World Cup, us having um, uh, 19 players in Europe now, um, and 13 of that 19 players in Europe went to the World Cup, and nine of that 13 players that are playing abroad now uh, played at last year's Kosafa. So we almost practically have a new squad for for this year's Kosafa. Yeah, and I guess you know, with uh, the players having been inactive for so long, I guess one of your biggest challenges is assessing the fitness and and whatnot. You know, other coaches from the other teams have said exactly the same thing. So, you know, how have the players been at the start of the camp and now moving towards the tournament in terms of their fitness? Look, um, we've sent out programs for quite a while now, but, um, you know, it's easier said than done when you're training on your own and when you're limited with space. Um, you know, the only time we could really assess the players was when they came together as a group. And uh, I think at the start, um, you know, uh, Getting match fitness is always a challenge, but I think as the week has worn on, you know, we put a little bit of extra work in. Um, it's looking much better. But as you say, I think all of the teams um, are in the same position. Um, there's some countries that have prepared sooner than others. Um, we were not allowed to due to the lockdown regulations. And, uh, you know, uh, some countries have prepared since the beginning of October. Um, but that is the situation that most of us are in. Um, you know, and uh, we will just try to utilize the, the squad completely to keep players as fresh as possible. I think that's going to be key um, to get the players as fresh as possible to last the whole tournament. And we've utilized that over the last couple of years in that way. Um, you know, we, we got the players as fresh as can be for every game. I think that's going to be key for us is to utilize our best players um, in every match, but also to make sure that we, that we keep it as fresh as possible. But yes, it's, it's a challenge. Um, it's a challenge. First competition back after, after the lockdown um, you know, um, pandemic, um, especially in Africa. Uh, I think everybody is looking forward to the tournament, um, but we don't know what, what's in store for, for us. You know, we, we're not sure, but uh, we will be as best prepared as we can. Um, I'm sure physically there will still be a few challenges for all teams, but we've just got to manage the players properly to make sure that, you know, they lost the whole tournament. And I think that is the same for every country that's going to participate. 
I know that you you played under seventeen team in sort of a, a warm up game. And of course, the seventeens are under seventeens have their own championship, which is running concurrently with the women's senior. Just your your thoughts on them, uh, and you know what you saw in that group. Uh, does it look like an exciting new batch of players? Look, it uh, was very encouraging. Um, I've seen uh, the under seventeens. You know, before before lockdown, um, I attended quite a couple of the training sessions. Um, as coaches, we always communicating, you know, with the U20 coach, with the under-17 coach, especially when, you know, we're assessing players out of their group like we have now, um, you know, getting feedback from the U20 coach. Um, we all know they also have to play qualifiers. Um, so these are players that, uh, that uh, from the U20 players, we've earmarked and income consultation with the, with the head coach of the U20. We want to make sure that we, we get the right players um, to be to, that she feels, you know, needs to, to get some, um, do, to get some game time, etc. And uh, these were some of the players that came to our last camp. So, you know, the synergy that we have between the teams um, is just amazing with the coaches as well. You look at Sibolele, Hubeni uh, and Karabu Lamini, who went to the Under-17 World Cup and Communicating with the coach and you know getting them to come to the to the U, 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 uh, senior World Cup was amazing, but that's a synergy we have. So it was important that we try and help each other. Um, as you know, we would have liked to play friendlies against boys teams or other teams, but it wasn't possible. And because both of us went camp, we just thought let's try and you know change players around. Let's try this. Let's try that. And I was very impressed. They're very organised, um, well structured, and you know, well-organized and, 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 and gave us a test because that's what we wanted. It's a new group of players still trying to gel together. As you said, it's, it's a fresh squad this year, more through circumstance than anything else because uh, a lot of players are, are overseas and unavailable. But as a coach, is this a sort of a challenge that you quite relish to uh, not develop a new team because those players will come back, I'm sure, for, for major tournaments, but, but to bring through new talent for the national team? Look, we've always used the Kosafa Cup for mostly local players. Um, the only time that we had um, uh, overseas base players was um, in 2018 um, when the league in, in America was done in the USA. And Janine, Tembi and Linda came um, to play in the Kosafa and didn't start the first game because they had arrived late. Um, if any other player that played abroad was in the country at this moment, they would have been part of the squad. Um, but the, the whole thing is, and now that we have now that we have thirteen players overseas um, of the current of the current uh, squad that uh, you know uh, um, went to the World Cup and played in the other tournaments, um, we also have to then look at always bringing in newer players. I remember in twenty seventeen we had ten new players in the squad, um, and some of these players also play for the university national team. So you have interaction with that coach as well, who is the assistant coach Tina Sunke. Um, so you have interaction with that as well. And uh, we've always, always used this to, to have a look at new players um, and always brought in new players because you want to have a big core group, um, you know, like in times now where, where your players are not available, you know, you have a big core group, you, you know what you're looking for, you know the quality of the players that you have, and that is the whole idea. And to make sure that there's always a refreshing of the squad. You know, you look at you look at the likes of um, uh, the under twenty players, Karabu Sibolele. You know, they have a number of caps already. You look at Bongeka, who didn't play at the World Cup, and she's got uh, played last year all the games at the Kosafa Cup. So that is the experienced ones we look at now, along with Mamelo, um, Robin, and Andile and Kaylin, who, who who have uh, more caps than others. 
um, but we're trying to mix the, the, the experience and some of the players coming through the system, you know, understand what it is that we're doing. So um, it's, it's just key for us that we keep on um, bringing in players to make sure that, you know, um, they, we have a consistent pipeline of players in the eventuality, you know, that <laughs> we have some players are not available um, and we know who to, to then have a look at. So when we are sending out programs um, for, for a particular match or tournament, we send to the whole group. Um, and when we finalize the squad, we still continue sending to the whole group because you never know what can happen where you pick up an injury and bring someone in and they're not ready. And we try to stay in contact with, with, with all the players to make sure that when players come in, they're on the same level. So this is just about making the group bigger and making sure that we have all our bases covered um, for now and in the future. Yeah, and you know, you've been involved as the head coach of Bonyana for the last uh, three editions, uh, winning all of them. But what is your kind of impression of the standard of the Kasafa Cup generally? I, I'm talking across all teams. Um, being, do you think Southern African football as a whole is, is moving in the right direction? I think most definitely. Um, you know, you look at Zambia, for example, um, playing against a, a continental giant like um, Cameroon and I mean both legs to qualify for the Olympics. Um, you know, we were at the 2016 Olympics along with Zimbabwe. So really, um, you know, and I think uh, if I speak under correct but I think Zimbabwe also beat Cameroon then to go to 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 the Olympics in 2016. So, so really, I think um, you know, with the help of Kostafa, because let us not forget that this competition has really, really helped us to prepare. Um, you know, just before the 2018 Fcon, um, we had Cameroon here, and it was really going to be a test for us to see where we were at. So, this uh, Kostafa Cup has been a tremendous help to us. Um, you know, and. Uh, uh, now that they have even youth tournaments, I think it's helping the youth teams as well. But I think this has really made the Southern African um, teams really get prepared. Um, you look at you look at Madagascar, um, you look at Malawi. They've come in leaps and bounds as well. Um, the Zimbabwe, Cameroon, uh, um, Zimbabwe, um, Zambia. Um, are becoming really good teams on the continent um, and have been to, to AFCON. So, you know, the, I think the, 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 with the help of Kosafa, obviously, and these annual competitions has really raised the level of the competition. And yes, we played Comoros last year, um, you know, and uh, uh, we got a highest score, but I'm sure it's going to be different this time around. They would have um, prepared better, even though due to lockdown, might not have prepared as well as they, as, as they wanted to. But I think all teams will come here improved. And, um, you know, Kosafa has been a tremendous help. And not just talking about um, the Kosafa Cup now, you know, the CAF Champions League uh, for women, um, it will be in the, on, on the Kosafa uh, region as well. So they've been a tremendous help in all of this. And we cannot thank Kosafa enough for that. And then, you know, when we look back on the last few years of Bonyan and this competition as well, how the side has kind of prevailed through some really tough tests. I'm thinking now about the, the semi-final against Zambia in 2017, where I think you scored three goals in the last 13 minutes or something to claw it back to 3-3 and then went on to win on penalties. Or the final against Cameroon in, in 2018, you know, which was a, an epic game. You know, just from a player's point of view, how important is it in sort of shaping the belief, I guess, that they can go on and be successful at this level? I think it's very important. We've got a, we've got a culture teamwork at all costs. Um, if the team does well, the individuals will stand out. Um, we pride ourselves on teamwork. Um, and I think that tournament in 2017, I think it was the turning point um, for Banyana, um, you know, being 2-0 down um, at halftime and not looking like there's any way of a comeback. And, 
you know, we just hung in there and hung in there. We had belief. We had absolute belief. They missed a penalty. Um, I turned to my assistant coach, Tina Sonke, and I said, we're going to win this. And just, you know, out of nowhere, divine intervention, call it what you want to, but out of nowhere, we just started playing. Um, I started playing. And, and from that moment on, I think the belief in the team is just, just it's in a different level. You know, we then got the draw for the FCON and um, uh, playing Nigeria. We knew it was going to be the most important game for us. And the way they tackled Nigeria in that game and played throughout the tournament was was really amazing. And, and it showed, um, you know, that that we can. And with this group, we want to have that same belief and, and make sure. And we're trying to motivate them through things that we've done previously at, at, at um, Kosafa Cups, as you say. The game against Cameroon was a, was a battle. The one in 2017 was a battle. Even last year, it was a very close game. Um, you know, in, in the final was very close. So we're trying to use that to show players, you know, this is what they have done. You're not going to make your mark. You're not going to make history. And you've got to make good memories for yourselves. And a lot of players have come into the competition not having won, being the first time in the national team, uh, maybe not having having even won a medal at club level. And some of them have walked away and have currently a winner's medal. So I've said to the players, this is your time to make your mark. This is your time to make good memories. And this is your time for people to see the, the next generation of players, you know. Um, and if you want to be part of the bigger picture in Banyana with the overseas-based players also still coming back into contention, um, this is the moment where you raise your hand and you say, coach, please don't forget about me. I'm here too. So we're trying to instill that um, in the in the team as well um, going forward because that is what Banyana is all about. We are joined now by Fran Hilton Smith, FIFA coaching instructor, former SAFA technical director, former coach, former player, and of course former team manager of uh, the women's national team. She will be offering us some insight into the women's game, particularly how it's developed in the Kusafa region and across the wider African continent over the last couple of decades. There are few, if any, more knowledgeable people on the African women's game, and in particular, our Southern African region. Franz, thanks so much for giving us your time. I know you're heading to the upcoming Kusafa Women's Senior and Under-17 Championships in Nelson Mandela Bay. What, what is your role there? Well, uh, this time, previously, I did the technical study groups. Uh, this time, I will be a match commissioner um, at the tournament. So, really excited to be doing that. I did it for CAF and FIFA, so wonderful. Um, Fran, you were obviously there right at the start of Banyana Banyana. A very difficult process initially to get the team up and running. I remember at one stage you even having to battle to get the, the girls' kits and tracksuits from, from the association. Can you tell us just a little bit about those early struggles for those uh, younger generation who perhaps don't know the difficult path that you've walked? Well, yes, Mark. In the beginning, it was extremely difficult um, to get kit back in 2002, 3, 4, because uh, the... The focus was still on the men. So in the beginning, we got leftover men's kit and the girls are walking around with Dr. Kamala on their back and whatever. But uh, gradually, with much struggling, we had some assistance from Kappa at the time, uh, specifically Emmy Casaletti who was there. And uh, uh, even when we got then uh, sponsors like Adidas came in and Nike, we really had to struggle to get a woman's cut because the girls really don't look great walking around in the men's 
cut playing kit. And fortunately, uh, Nike in recent years did a woman's cut, which looked beautiful, especially at the uh, Women's World Cup. And now we certainly hope that, that the new sponsors who've come in follow the path. But in the beginning, it was extremely, extremely difficult. We had one set of kit, which we managed to keep for about five years without losing a sock. So it was tough times, to be sure. And from those humble beginnings, uh, Banyan Banyan are now finalists at the World Cup, obviously last year in France, and have come mighty close to winning the African Women's Championship, winning silver last year, or 2018 as well. How does this team now go to the next level, though, do you think? Well, I think the biggest plus for Banyan was, of course, going to the World Cup, the biggest stage in the women's football. I waited 20 years for them to achieve that. And it's really paid off because we've got 19 uh, players, 13 of them were at the World Cup, who are now playing uh, international football at the highest level in the top clubs in Europe. So... It's really paid off for Banyana, and I think uh, the experience these players are getting overseas is really going to count when we play now in four years' time the next qualifiers uh, for the next World Cup and hopefully win the African Women Cup of Nations. Fran, you've obviously seen um, women's football in Africa develop massively over the last couple of decades, but they... African women are still coming from a, a starting point way behind the Americans, the Scandinavians, the traditional powerhouses. Do you, do you think there'll ever be a time where Africa will catch up, where Africa could have a team that challenges for the World Cup, indeed actually lifts the World Cup? Well, Mark, I think the big problem still is and has always been is that African teams don't compete enough. Um, and now it's, there's more woes added to that uh, statement because uh, CAF have cancelled the upcoming African Women Cup of Nations. It should take place every two years. Every fourth year, it's a World Cup qualifier. But now they've cancelled the next one. And that's really detrimental to African teams because many of them I've discovered along my path, when there isn't a competition, they disband. Um, and only come together again when there's a competition. And that's why um, African teams just never seem to get into the top 10. And I firmly believe it's because they don't compete enough um, as a team throughout the year. So I think the only solution which we have followed is to put as many players overseas competing so when they come back to the national team, they're competitive. Yeah, and just, just on that, Fran, so, you know, this will be, I think, the fourth year in a row that the Kasafa Women's Championship has been held. Uh, when you talk there about not playing enough, this, this must be a, a big boost for this region in particular, though. And, and do you think that's going to give teams like Banyambiana, uh, Zimbabwe, Zambia, etc., a boost, not only qualifying for the World Cup, but also for the Olympics? Absolutely. I think... Um, not, I think, I know. Kasafa is, is the leader in Africa. Of that, there's no doubt. Kasafa is the leader in the development of women's football at senior, even last year, under 20 now, under 17 level, um, to give teams a chance to compete. And the one who really will benefit from this uh, in our region is Zambia, of course, who are scheduled to go to the Olympics. 
So it's a, a big opportunity for them to test themselves. And Kusafa has not only uh, helped teams uh, in the region, they've had uh, a very big uh, instructor's course earlier this year that I was involved in to develop more coaches in the South, more uh, administrators, they're doing that as well. Um, coaches, so uh, definitely Kusafa are leaders and helping our teams in the South to be better prepared and more competitive. You've seen um, the development of Des Ellis, the Banyana coach. Obviously, Fran first as a player, you would have dealt with her. You might have even selected her first, now the national team coach. What, what's she bringing to the side? Desiree Ellis, of course, was uh, in Banyana, was a captain, was there 10 years, um, has all the experience of the struggles we went through in those days in Africa and uh, is part of the plan I implemented to train women coaches uh, for the national teams, for clubs. We have 27 CAF-A, which is more than the rest of Africa put together. And Desiree is one of those coaches, as well as her assistant, Tina. So I think um, she brings experience uh, to the to Banyana, and now, of course, is the African Woman Coach of the Year. That's a massive honour. And uh, I think we'll grow as the team grows and uh, learn, uh, you know, what it's like to be at a World Cup and, and to learn from that to hopefully go again in the next one. Finally, Fran, if you look back on your career in the game and the enormous amount that you have achieved, what for you would say has been the highlight? Well, it has to be qualifying for the World Cup for Banyana. And of course, uh, my under-17s have qualified for two World Cups and are still in the line for the, the next one in India. It's been postponed, but we have a brilliant team there and another one of our homegrown coaches uh, in St. Peewee, Dludlu, is a product of my HPC went on, did a sports science degree, is the only woman in Africa who holds a UEFA B license. So I think I've really, I'm proud of the coaches that I've developed over the years and that Banyana, the under 17, the under 20 are still qualifying. That women's football's grown thanks to the HBC. And uh, I feel I've left a legacy in the coaches, administrators. We've got 87 of them. So if everyone pulls their weight, women, South African women's football should really keep growing, and especially in world football. That's it from another episode of the Kasafa Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week with more interviews from the Kasafa tournaments in Nelson Mandela Bay. In the meantime, you can listen to more of our podcasts on Sokola Duma Radio, Kasafa.tv, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also get the latest news via our website at www.kasafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Goodbye. <laughs>